Okay. What's good, people? What's popping? Okay. What's good, everybody? I'm Mark, aka the Vet, and welcome to the Real Sports Show, y'all. Coming at y'all live on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and any platform that y'all can think of. We coming at y'all live on it, baby. Tonight's show. You know, has to go off of this weekend. All-Star Weekend was this weekend, everybody. Y'all know how it was. All-Star Weekend was the best weekend ever. You know, you had the slam dunk contest this weekend. You had the, I had seen one of the greatest celebrity All-Star games of all time this weekend. One of the best, uh, one of the greatest All-Star games this weekend. We've seen our first technical foul in a celebrity all-star game from Stephen A. Smith. Shout out to my boy, Stephen A. Smith. You, you know, that was a funny game. I loved it. Everybody loved it. Um, he is also talking about coming out on his on his um, Instagram page. He said he might come out and play in the game next year in the all-star in the celebrity all-star game. He said he might drop 30 points on the game. He ne- you never know. But... Let's get into All-Star Weekend, everybody. Um, let's just start it out with All-Star Weekend. All-Star Weekend was it was great. It, it, was, it was just the best weekend. All the tributes to Kobe Bryant were great. Everything that they did for Kobe was great this weekend. Um, they also renamed the uh, All-Star MVP trophy to the Kobe Bryant All-Star MVP trophy. Um, they gave it to uh, Kawhi Leonard in the in the actual All Star game. Kawhi Leonard won the first Kobe Bryant All Star MVP trophy. Well deserving of of Kawhi Leonard to be named that, you know. And he said, "In this this one was fun. This one is for him. This this game right here was fun. This game right here was impressive. You know, Leonard scored thirty points to help Team LeBron win the game." In case everybody didn't know that, and everybody did know that for real, for real. Uh, Kawhi Leonard studied under Kobe Bryant a lot. Got some of his game points. Got some of his moves from Kobe Bryant. And they used to work out together at the Mamba Mentality Academy. Mamba Sports Academy. I'm sorry. The Mamba Sports Academy. Together, you know, they used to train together down there. They used to do a lot of workouts. So, for him, he says, I want to thank Kobe for everything he's done for me. All the long talks and the workouts, thank you. Leonard said on Sunday after receiving the trophy, this one's for him. Uh, this celebr- this All-Star game right here had to be the most competitive All-Star game I've seen in years. You know how we've seen a lot of different setups in the game, how we've seen players don't even compete until the fourth quarter. But no, this was competition all the way forward. Like They stepped the game up in the third and fourth quarter. But if you actually watch the All-Star game this Sunday, you actually got a chance to see a lot of defense that you've never seen, that you haven't seen in years since it was East versus West. It was a lot of competition in this game and a lot of people battling for rebounds. You've seen a, a couple fouls that you've never seen in the All-Star game before. It was the best. Of, it was the going up to 157 points. The first person, the first team to score 157 points wins the entire game. But this game wasn't just broken down to 157 points, though. This game was broken down to four different games in four quarters of basketball. You had so much riding. They had so much, so many themes to this All-Star weekend. It didn't even make sense. And sitting back there watching it, it, it just made a lot of sense of how competitive they made the All-Star game and the revenue that they brought in from this week, this year's All-Star game, 
It brought in so many TV ratings that it blew everybody out the woodwork this year. So big ups to the NBA, big ups, you know, big ups to the two teams that played in there, big ups to the players that were involved in this. This right here was one of the best All-Star weekends I've seen in years. And like I said, it it, it was the best. And although it didn't go off of TV until doggone 11.30 Eastern Standard Time frame, though, but it made you want to watch it. It made you stay in tuned into it. It, it just... If you didn't watch it, you missed something great. If you didn't video t- if you didn't video record it, you missed out on a great basketball game. And for them to show out the way they did, Team LeBron, Team Giannis on the Coupo team, Team Giannis, I'm gonna say, you know, if you didn't watch this game, something was really wrong with you. And uh let's just get into a little bit of more NBA talks. Um about the slam dunk contest. I've been hearing a lot of things about the slam dunk contest. Everybody's been taking to Twitter about it. Everybody's been taking to, to, to Facebook, Instagram, anything about it. There have been a lot of memes of how, you know, my boy got robbed. You know, he got robbed of his title. And, and everybody knows he got robbed. Everybody knows that he should have won it. And, you know... It, it, it was just crazy to me that, that you know, how one player, you know, this one player has, you know, Aaron Gordon is his name, in case anybody didn't notice that. Aaron Gordon got robbed of the slam dunk trophy two years running. 2016 and 2020, he was robbed of the slam dunk contest again. This time frame, he had five fifties in the get in the All Star in the All Star Slam Dunk contest. He had five fifties, and if anybody don't know what the five uh, what a fifty means, that's the overall score that you can achieve. You got to get straight tens on the score on the um, judges board, you know, to win it out. But they robbed him at the end of the game. He did an impressive dunk. He jumped over a seven foot tall person, seven foot five tall person. And cleared them, touched them a little bit though, but he cleared them, going up for a dunk. For a dunk. so like I was saying, though, he cleared them for the dunk. But either way, still though, we gotta look at this game. We gotta look at that slam dunk judges, and we just gotta look at them and say, what was y'all thinking? What was on y'all brain housing group when y'all did this slam? When y'all was judging this slam dunk contest this year, what was going through y'all brain house group? Because I really gotta know. I just really got to know what was going through y'all heads, though. But either way, still, we're going to move right along, everybody. We're going to move right along from Aaron Gordon. Um, Move into a little bit of football talks here, everybody. Yeah, we're going back to football talks for a minute. And we we, we got to look into football for a second, though, because it's the offseason talking. And there's a lot of player movement. It's been a lot of things going about. And it, it it's crazy right now going to the NFL right now for this offseason. <clears throat> and I mentioned that to everybody that this offseason is going to be one of the craziest offseasons for every team this year. Because you got a lot of players out there that are talented, but they got to see what we, you know, we got to see what's in the draft. You got to see what's in free agency. You got to see a lot of different things in, in this year's draft. All right, so. Moving right along, we got uh, Cam Newton. The Carolina Panthers think that Cam Newton will be able to come back. Well, actually, I'm sorry, not come back. They think he will likely pass his physical in March. That does not mean the team is going to try to keep him. That does not mean the team is not going to keep him. And my aspects of thinking about this is, is that I do believe that Carolina should keep Cam Newton as their starting quarterback because Cam Newton has just been injured left and right for the past three seasons, three or four seasons, though. But actually, he's been battling a shoulder injury since 2018, which is three seasons ago, then limited to two games in 2019 due to a listed frantic injury. He underwent surgery in December after a failed rehabilitation and span of months. Panthers David, I mean, Panthers owner David Temper said, 
last week that Newton's rehab will determine Carolina's status at quarterback in 2020. You know, the the um the overwhelming number one thing is to see how healthy he is and how we can figure out when he is healthy or not, Temper said. Everything comes from that. So Newton would be Newton is 30 years old, has one season left on his contract. The Panthers uh, could save $19 million against the salary cap by trading or releasing Cam Newton. So in my odds, and my thing about that is that even though you might save a, you might save nineteen million dollars if you drop him this year, but he kind of helped your franchise to go to their first Super Bowl. He helped this franchise, you know, do what they had to do this year. I mean, do while he was still healthy. This man was playing through injuries when he wasn't healthy. You know what I mean? He was playing through injuries. But I also understand that you guys got Kyle Allen and you got Will Greer on your team. You got two young two young quarterbacks back there that you know that hasn't even reached their peak yet. But let's let's be real honest with this. Let's be real honest. Do you really want Will Greer, a rookie, or do you want Kyle Allen, another rookie, to really replace Cam Newton, who knows this offense by the back of his hand, but he got to figure out a new offense scheme, but he knows his players though. In my honest opinion, no. I want to let Will Greer get trained up, and re- then once he, once Cam Newton finishes out his last contract of his year, you know, then you can start stepping up the young guys. Then you can put them into places. I mean, put them in a position to succeed and not fail. Not saying that Carolina had a bad year last year, though. They went five of eleven. I mean, it's a bad season, though. Don't get me wrong, though, but. This team didn't start going down the drain until after they fired Ron Rivera. After they lost to the Washington Redskins last year. It wasn't that bad of a team. This team was moving the football a little bit, though. So don't get me wrong. This team is still a threat in the the, the NFC South. They're still a threat, regardless. But they just had some bad injuries that, you know, tampered with this team a little bit, though. They just had some... Freak accidents happen out there with your starting quarterback and a lot of other players that was on injury reserve this year. So I want to see Cam Newton healthy this year. I want to see what he can do this year. I want to see a healthy Cam Newton. Wish you the best of luck, man. I hope you come back healthy and strong next year because I really love to see you play football again, man. I'm really loving to see you play some football again, man. You made football fun. And I want to see that. Even though you lost your uh, your tight end, your best tight end that y'all had on your team, Greg Olson. And speaking of Greg Olson, no other team can, the Redskins cannot grab him now because Greg Olson just signed, just the Seahawks just landed Greg Olson on a reported one-year deal worth $7 million on their team. So um, this is somewhat of a big shock right now. That's the big news right now. Headlines going on right now that Greg Olson is now a Seattle Seahawk, and he's going to be with them for one year for seven million dollars for one year. Now, if that didn't shake you up a little bit, though, Mike Tomlin has defended his quarterback uh, in a conference in a in an actual meeting today. I mean, in a, uh, actual on the TV show. He took to offense to he took offense to it. Tomlin said the ESPN's first take when asked for his response to Garrett's allegation. Miles Garrett allegation allegation was that Mason Rudolph said the N word to I mean that yeah no uh, yeah that Mason Rudolph said the N word to Miles Garrett on the field after their fight that they had on the field back in. I believe it was early, late, maybe December or early December, one of the time frames. It was last season, though. But we all know that Miles Garrett got suspended for um, indefinitely, but his suspension was overturned now, and now he is able to get back on the field with the Cleveland Browns this year. <clears throat> but as Mike Tomlin said, though, he took offense to it, and Tomlin added, I thought it was appropriate that Mason was pro- properly defended. These accusations are serious, not only in terms of Mason Rudolph's character, but his professional pursuits. It was also, 
it was presented as a he said, he said situation. Even to this day, Tomlin said, according to ESPN's Brooke Pryor, I think the National Football League office was very clear that they launched a thorough investigation among all parties involved, including interviewing the people and the analysts of the technology that was on the field and found no evidence of Mao's allegation. And I think that should be stated in this conversation. Now, the quarterback was fined for his role in the scuffle which Tomlin said wasn't fair. Rudolph, dispute the, Rudolph disputed the claim minutes after Garrett full interview Eric Saturday. He got fined $50,000 for, for essentially getting beaten up, the coach said Monday. His reputation has been tarnished because of the allegations, none of which is, was founded. Um, so as you can clearly hear that Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, not Ben Roethlisberger, I'm sorry, that Mike Tomlin right now is very highly pissed off about this. He finds it rather unencourageable that you got that people are still out in the media are still talking about this incident. This incident wasn't even found. He wasn't even found guilty on saying the N word out on the field. Now, all the technology that they have on the football field today, and you trying to tell me that this Miles Garrett is still saying that he said the N word to him. He called him a stupid N-word on the field. There has been no proof. There has been no none, no evidence at all been proven on this statement. There has been nothing that says that he said it on the field. Even when they was interviewing Steelers and Cleveland Brown players that was in the scuffle, none of them said that he said the N-word to him. Now, Essentially, Mason Rudolph was trying to take off his helmet in the fight, but Miles Gurren should have never swung his helmet at Mason Rudolph and should have never hit him in the top of his head, though. Even though there was no injuries to either player on the field, there should have never been a scuffle in the first place. Do you know what I mean? There should have never been a fight. There should have been never anything on the field that tarnished that reputation on the field. So, and with this all allegations being, with all these allegations going around, I think we need to put them to a ceasefire. I think we need to stop it. I think we need to stop trying to figure out a way to get people in trouble by putting out an allegation and saying somebody said the N-word when you know good and doggone well they ain't said the N-word at all on the field. So we need to really stop this and we really need to take a look at ourselves and are we really accusing people of saying the wrong thing on the field or are we really saying something else? Are we really just trying to get the somebody taken off the field? Or are we really just trying to say that because we know we was in the wrong? Oh, I'm going to just use the N-word and say that he called me. The, I mean, I'm going to just say the N, I'm just gonna say he can say the N-word to me. That's what made me go off on him. That's what really made me say something about him. That's what really made me swing my helmet at him or something along them lines because he said the N-word to me. No, no, we got to put that shit to an end. I'm sorry. Just put that shit to an end for real. Stop doing that. Stop using that as an excuse for your actions on the field. Stop using that as an excuse as an excuse because you went up against a white player and you basically beat him up on the field. Stop using that as an excuse. Please stop. If he didn't say it, Stop saying that he said it on the field. He never said it. So please stop. They didn't did a whole entire investigation on this thing. And they found no evidence that he said any of the N-word on the field at all, period. So please, Miles Garrett, please go sit down somewhere. And please just go back to your team and just shut up about this. This allegation is false. It needs to be put to arrest. Unless somebody can find some evidence that he said it on the field, put it to sleep. We as the media need to put this to sleep. Put this to bed today. Tonight, today, tomorrow. We need to put it to, we need to put it to rest as of yesterday. We gotta put this thing to a rest. We gotta stop talking about it. We gotta stop letting it bother people. We gotta put this thing to rest and let's go forward with our lives. Because there's no evidence that says he said anything. Unless you find some evidence that comes out 
that says he said it, it's done with. Let it go. Let's get back to playing football. Let's get back to playing the sport that we love to play. Let's get back to that one. And then we'll go forward about anything else that comes about later on down the road. We'll talk about that later on down the road. But for right now, shut up about it. Let's go on about our business about it. Please, let's go on about our business. Now, um, here's another thing that, you know, a lot of people have been talking about over the weekend, too. And we knew this was coming about, though, and we knew this was going to hit us real hard, though. Um, uh, for Washington, Jordan Reed is still in a concussion protocol and the team will likely move on from tight end Jordan Reed very, very soon. Once he gets out of the concussion protocol, um, concussion protocol, Jordan Reed has not been the same since his breakout seasons with Washington Redskins. Um, it, it, it's, it's just documented that this, I mean, as Coach Rivera was said to the Athletic, we, who suffered his, um, suffered the seventh documented concussion of his career in the preseason and did not play the 2019 is still dealing with the concussion symptoms. This player, can he still play is the question. Can he still do some of the things that he had done in his breakout season at all, period? And that was back in, what, 2017, 2018-ish? No, 2017-ish? This man, I mean, in the event that when Washington, when in the event that the best option for the Redskins might to be wait until Reed is fully healthy to cut him, Washington won't have to start paying his $8.25 million salary base until the start of the regular season. So Washington, so the Redskins have plenty of time for Reed to be able to pass the physical. This man cannot even pass a physical right now because he's still been under concussion protocol since last year. Come on now. Mm-mm. This is getting crazy. This is getting out. This is really getting out of. This is getting out of hand. And I've told a lot of people that you know. I think we should have last year. I would have said keep Jordan Reed. Last year, I would have said that. Keep Jordan Reed. I think he'd get healthy. I think he could do something better for our team this year. He could help out the young quarterback. He could help out that young quarterback once he gets healthy last year. But from what it stands, though, is Jordan Reed can't stay healthy. He was a big tight end for us. He, he can do big things when we drafted him. We drafted him to do big things for us. We drafted him because we needed another Chris Cooley on our team, a player that could go beyond Chris Cooley, actually. But we need another Chris Cooley on our team that can go out there and get us first downs, that can go out there and score touchdown passes in the end zone, that somebody that can go out there and pass block. And as big as he is, he can do all these things. But this man has not been healthy, has not been healthy at all, period, since he started his season with the Washington Redskins. He's been injured every year. Every single year he's been injured. Or had something going on with him. Or he's played through an injury or something that he never told anybody. And that is the crazy part about this whole scenario is because you're not telling anybody when you're hurt. You're not telling anybody when you're injured or you need to go sit down somewhere. You're not telling anybody that. And then when you finally did, it was already too late. You was already in the middle of the season. It was a preseason. Come on, bro. Like, really, man. It was six months after taking a vicious helmet-to-helmet hit that ended his season. Washington's Redskins tight end Jordan Reeves remains, like I said, in the concussion protocol. Did not play at all in 2019. Okay? So this team has a lot of, I mean, it has a lot of time to, to tell what they're going to do. And this team has lost Vernon Davis as well, too. So we have lost two good tight ends. And we still have one good one that we have, which is Jeremy Sprinkle. So they're kind of down on the tight end spot in Washington. You're kind of downward. You have a downward spiral at the tight end position right now. And we need a tight end either in the draft. But she lost the opportunity to go get Greg Olson because he's not coming to Washington. He's going to Seattle. He's going to a Washington team, but he's not coming to Washington, D.C., though. But um, like I said, though, it. 
it's something that we needed to deal with last year, and we never got rid of it. We needed to deal with this last offseason and do something very highly about this last offseason to see what he was really about last offseason and see if he could remain healthy throughout the season, though. But it is what it is. That was six months ago. Now the team is taking a new direction under Coach Ron Rivera now. And we have to really see what this team is really made of in the in the tight end position. Whether we're going to draft the tight end that's really good, that's going to stay healthy, or we have to do something else. You know what I mean? So we we really gotta we really gotta move forward and try to help out this offense to help move the ball downfield effectively and keep it going. We gotta keep this offense going. We gotta keep the team moving. We gotta be able to move the ball downfield and keep going at the rate that we're going. And I believe that this team can do it, and I believe that this team will try their best to get the players that they need on this team at the tight end position. Now, as everybody knows, and I believe that, you know, it was it was strategic, but Josh Norman is now officially not a Redskin anymore. They cut him over the weekend, or last week, I should say. They, yeah, they cut him over the weekend, and... Paul Richardson is gone now from the Washington Redskins as well. These two players were injury prone. One player was injury prone. Didn't really play much in 2018. Played very, very well in 2017, though, but didn't play that much. No, I'm sorry. I take that back. Played a little well in 2019, but didn't play that well in 20. I mean, played very well in 2018 season. For the Washington Redskins, he did a good things, and that's Paul Richardson. But at the same token of breath, though, is, is that Josh Norman really didn't have safety help. And it wasn't until the team got a little bit of safety help this year, he still didn't really have that much safety help this year. And got beat on several plays, so which the team is really moving on from him. I'm going to miss Josh Norman a lot. I really am. I really miss that boy a lot because Josh Norman brought a little bit of character to this team, brought a little bit of excitement to this team as a big name player, though. But I'm glad he was here. I'm glad that he, you know, he was dedicated to the team. I'm glad that he was trying to help out this team a little bit in winning. But, hey, sometimes we got to move on from you, player. And sometimes we got to do what's best for the team to get younger. And I think that the new core that they're trying to build around Washington is going to help them out. And, you know, I think this coaching staff that we have now is trying to get faster, younger, and keep the players moving. If you're old and you're not really commuting to um, competing out there on the, with the team, I think it's really time to say goodbye to you and keep going forward. Now, there's top, then there's top five cornerbacks that's out there right now for the Redskins to target out there, which is Quentin Dunbar who we used to have on our team. Quinn Dunbar is out there. We, I mean, actually, no, I'm sorry. I take that back. We have Fabian Moreau on our team right now. We have Jimmy Moreland on our team right now. And we have Quentin Dunbar, who also asked for a release as of last week. He asked to be released or traded from the team due to money issues. But here's the top five running, I mean, cornerbacks that are out there. Logan Ryan from the Tennessee Titans. We also have Kendall Fuller, former Redskin, who might come back to Washington. Chris Harris from Denver, you know. Chris Harris, who um, since coming into the league as an undrafted free agent, Chris Harris has turned into one of the NFL's best defensive backs out there right now. One of the best defensive backs. Super Bowl winning defense and made the All-Pro first team in 2016. But that doesn't mean anything until you suit up in a Redskins uniform, though. That really does not mean anything. And Harris could move into the slot on third downs and afford Monroe the opportunity to play outside. But if Monroe falters, Harris could also remain out there while Moreland mans the slot position. That means any slot players that comes, that means any slot wide receivers that are out there can actually, I mean, 
the slot wide receivers that they go on a slant play, meaning they're going across the field or they're going on a deep pass play or the, which they call in the NFL a nine. They say run a nine. That means go deep for the ball or anything in that nature. They can play that both of those positions. Very good out there. You have Byron Jones, who my boy Dave, y'all know Dave out there. Dave said it would be a good pick for him to be a Washington Redskins cornerback. He's played good. He's one. I mean, Jerry Jones um, has served as his number one cornerback on his team, but they fared well from him. And the number one person out there right now is James Bradbury. Mm-hmm. James Bradbury from the Carolina Panthers is the best fit for the Redskins in free agency. He has a lot going for him and should be a good fit in their defense. As they're saying in their, um, actually inside of this, this report that I'm reading right now, you know, Bradbury served underneath of, um, Ron Rivera last year and the year before that. And he's very young so this player can fit right into the defense and help out on defense because we need help on defense at the corner position. And I do believe that if we go get one of these players, it should be a great experience for one of these players to come out there and play with Ron Rivera again. I mean, for James Bradbury to actually play with Ron Rivera again. And they should fit right well with each other as the season goes on. Now, there's top five free agent tight ends that are out there right now, which one has already been signed. Blake Jarwin from the Dallas Cowboys is a good free agent. Jacob Holster is another one. He scored. He's a good tight end to have. He had just eight catches for 94 yards last year for the Patriots. I mean, no, I'm sorry. For, yeah, for New England when he played in New England. He's six foot four. He's a functional blocker as well. And he can help out in the run defense. I mean, run offense on the field. These are some very good tight ends out out there, people. Moving right along to Eric Ebron from Indianapolis Colts, who used to play with Indianapolis Colts. Throughout the season, Ebron has struggled badly with drops. So, I mean, that's why he's coming in at number three right now. But including he had uh, 750 catches, I mean, yards. 66 catches, 110 targets. I mean, this guy, I wouldn't take him, but if the Washington Redskins wanted somebody as a tight end, they could take him. Hunter Henry from the Chargers. And we're going to go right into our number one pick, Austin Hooper, the second former, uh, the, the former second round pick by the Atlanta Falcons was vastly improved year to year in 2019. He has among the best. He's um, was among the best tight ends in the NFL. Despite being a part of the Atlanta um, Atlanta's crowd off crowded offense, Hooper saw ninety seven targets and made seventy five catches for seven hundred eighty seven yards and six touchdowns. All numbers were career highs, and that was despite missing three games with the injury. Now, you know Hooper would be an excellent fit with the Redskins and would. Comp- Compliment Terry McLaurin, Steven Sims perfectly. He probably would could he probably would get a lot of targets from Dwayne Haskins, as Hooper will be able to find pockets of space, and Haskins will look for him as a big move, a big mid-level target. He could emerge as the number two weapon for the Skins if they do target him. You know, it it is it's pretty cool to have him on your team. That said. Hooper may be popular, may be a popular man on the open market, and contenders like the Patriots could bid for his services. If that's the case, Hooper may stand to become one of the highest paid tight ends and could receive close to $10 million per year that Jimmy Graham got from the Green Bay Packers. So he's looking for a major if he's looking for a major contract deal, Washington has the cap space now to actually go out there and figure out something to get for him and they could pay him the money that he needs to get to be on our team. We have actually widened up our cap space a lot. We have over 60 million we have over 50 million dollars in cap space right now where we could pay that boy a lot of money. 
And with us losing Paul Richardson, we have the top five wide receivers that could come to Washington too as well. Um, I'm going to move that up to A.J. Green is my better pick for right now. I like A.J. Green from Cincinnati. He's very tall. He's very quick on his feet. He can break, you know, he can break out and have a breakout season if you just get him the ball downfield. He has a very good stretch point. He can stretch the field at any time frame. He can break his route. He can get you down. He can catch long passes downfield. He can actually be a top one, number one receiver on your team or number two receiver on your team and can actually bail you out of trouble if you need him to get you out of trouble. Um, I like him. I think he should be a part of our team. And I really do believe that he's a great compliment to our team. Now, the number one receiver that's a free agent this year that everybody seems to think that he's going back to Dallas this year, or he might not go back to Dallas this year. But Amari Cooper is the number one wide receiver in the free agency right now. Amari Cooper is the number one wide receiver right now. I don't know why. That boy could drop passes like no to like yesterday. He could drop passes. Um, did have a breaking year for Dallas, though, even though in their big games that they had when he was in Dallas, sometimes when they were away, he would drop some good passes that were thrown to him. He can still stretch the field. He still has speed in him. But when it mattered the most, he dropped the passes. And that's a big no-no in the NFL. You got to go out there and catch passes. You got to be that that dog in the fight. And what Washington really needs right now is a dog in the fight on offense and defense. And if Washington doesn't get a real dog in the fight, they're not going to have a successful year. They're not really going to have a successful year. And you got a, two dogs at the head coach and you have a dog at the defensive coach, Jack Del Rio is a dog. He's a real dog in the fight. He can get you, he can get this defense rolling. And Ron Rivera's his coaching stat, I mean his coaching abilities, his dog that he got in his fight, it, it's a lot that this Washington team is gonna be building off this year. And I would love to see how they go about doing things this year. Um, moving on from there, Dwayne, um, Doug Williams wants Dwayne Haskins to wear the coaches out with the offseason work. I do believe that, you know, here's what Doug Williams had to say about him. He's got to stay in the facility until they run him out of the building, Williams said. That's the important thing. All that other all that other stuff shouldn't matter to Dwayne at this point. It should be, Coach, what can I do? Can I do this? Can I do that? Until they say, hey, Dwayne, we're going to turn the lights out because we're going home. That's what Dwayne Haskins should be dealing with this offseason. And if Haskins commit to the first one in the last one out, I mean, first one in, last one out mentality, he absolutely has the skill set to become a successful quarterback in the NFL. And I really think that Dwayne possesses all this stuff that they're, they're saying about him. I do blame, I do believe that Dwayne Haskins will be a great quarterback in the NFL the, coming up this season and going on throughout his years as, um, as a Redskins quarterback. You got to get the boy time to develop. He only had one year in college, had one season, one half of a season in the NFL, one half, just a half a season in the NFL. Got to get this boy time to develop. Got to. You really got to get this boy time to develop. And you really got to show that this boy, I mean, this boy really got to show that he is hungry, he's a dog, and that he's ready to fight and compete in the NFL. Last year was your rookie year. You got some slaps in the face. You got some punches and bruises in, in your body. Now you see what the NFL is really all about. Now let's come out there and let's do what you got to do this year. Let's come out there and really show what you all about next season. Because you're the number one guy. Alex Smith, we don't know if Alex Smith is coming back next year. We don't know if Alex Smith is not coming back next year. We don't know. 
But at the end of the day, though, you have to be ready. And if you're not ready to come in the league next year, or if you're not ready next year after, you know, um, after this season that came about for this season, you can cancel. You can hang your you can hang your jock strap up. You can hang everything up. You're going home. You're not going to be starting this year at all, period. And this next quarterback that the Washington Redskins go pick up is going to start over top of you. And you damn sure don't want that to happen to you. So let's clean it up in Washington. Let's go in there. Y'all should be practicing now. Y'all should be in the gym now, practicing now for whatever may come about. Whatever the deal may be is y'all should be in the gym now practicing. Y'all should be going over the playbooks now. You should have got a copy of your playbook for what Ron Rivera wants out of you now. This is maybe your second year at starting, but you gotta you gotta be in there and you gotta be that hungry dog in this fight. And like Doug Williams said, you gotta be wearing these coaches out. Ask a lot of questions. Ask them for the information on the field, off the field. Ask them questions of what you can do better. Pick Ron Rivera's head. Know what he wants you to do before he even wants you to do it on the field. Know what he wants in the offense before he even tells y'all what he wants. You got to go in there hungry. You got to go in there and want to fight for everything that you've done last year. Build off of last year. Go watch game footage. Stop spending time. You can spend time in January. You can spend time in, in, in February, at the beginning of February. But after that, go to work. Go to work, man. And I hope to see this year be your best year in Washington this year. I'm hoping and praying that this year will be your best year in Washington this year. Because this team has invested a lot of money into you. This team has invested a lot of time into you. And I think that you that you should be ready for next year. Now, whew, we, we've been going a lot lately, everybody. We've been going a lot. And um, we're going to move over to a little bit of XFL talk here. As the D.C. Defenders, <laughs> yes, the D.C. Defenders have won their second game in a blowout victory in week two of the XFL, actually blowing the team out. I believe the score, the final score of that game was, hold on, everybody. I'll tell you all the final score in a second. It was a blowout victory. Thirty. It was 27-0 against the New York Guardians. The D.C. Defenders will be going up against the Wildcats and the Dignity Health Sports Park this weekend on Saturday, everybody, at 6 p.m. Actually, no, I'm sorry. It's going out February 23rd. I think that's on a Saturday at 6 p.m., everybody. So stay tuned for that game that's coming. It's on a Sunday. I'm sorry. Sunday night at 6 p.m. The D.C. Defenders will be going up against that team. The uh, And it should be a good game because they're the, this is their first away game. The L.A. Wildcats. And I'm hoping that the D.C. Defenders come out there and pull it off again. This game will be held on FS1. So you guys can go out there and you guys can watch it on your TVs on FS1 on Sunday night at 6 p.m. Then the next person, the next team they will go up against is the Vipers at 7 p.m. at Raymond James Stadium in Jacksonville, Florida. That game will be held on ESPN2. That'll be March 1st, everybody. March 1st. That's when that game will go about. Um I'm really liking the DC Defenders, though. I really like them. They're, this team is very competitive. This team brings you a lot of energy. This team shows you a lot of trick plays, and it, it, it's phenomenal to see this team. You got a you got a big cannon arm quarterback, Cordell Jones. And did you know that Cordell Jones is 13-0 as a starter between college and the pros? The former Ohio State signal caller has been on point in two outings for the defenders and has looked significantly significantly more comfortable than most quarterbacks in the league. Jones has been accurate to all levels of the field, utilizing strong footwork on timing routes while showing the ability to improvise when a play breaks down. He has thrown for 511 yards and four touchdowns throughout two contests while completing 62% of his passes. This boy right here is a beast. He's a beast. 
I I would not say that he's been in. I mean, he's been in the pros. He's been in the pros for a little while, but he's 13-0 as a starter. But when it comes down to being a pro, you know, in the league, you gotta you gotta show out. You gotta be able to to provide stability in the league. And I think that the NFL really messed up when they let him go out of the league. And he's showing them up in D.C. right now. No, I do not think that he should be a Washington Redskin. No, I don't think that he should come to, since he's already on the D.C. Defenders and he's showing out on the D.C. Defenders that he would make it in the NFL. But I do think that if any team was to pick him up, it should be us as a backup quarterback, though. But to Dwayne Haskins, who we need another quarterback on our team. We have no other quarterbacks that can fulfill the void of a second string, third string, or fourth string quarterback right now on our team. Only person that's coming back this year that's on his last year of his contract, I believe, is Alex Smith, though. That's if he comes back or if he does retire from that leg injury that he suffered in 2017. So, we'll see. As the plays go about, there's other players that's been out there right now. De- Demarcus Gates, linebacker for the Roughnecks. Gates was too big, too strong, and too fast for the Battlehawks in week two. And he is now sits at the top of the XFL with 11 tackles to go with a sack. The 23-0 was a superstar in the, in the, a- in the, in the arena. Well, I mean, I'm sorry. In the AF- AAF for the Memphis Express and had... A brief stint with the Washington Redskins after the league disbanded. It's clear that Gates is too good for the level of competition right now. That that hey look man, a lot of these good players are out there in the XFL. We gotta start looking at some of these things. We NFL, you gotta start going in there and looking at them. But like I said, the rules have changed in the XFL. You can hit legally in the XFL. But not so much in the NFL you can hit, though. So we got to work on certain things in the XFL and the NFL. We got to work on these things. But another standout was Nelson Spruce, wide receiver for the Wildcats, formerly a training camp star with the Los Angeles Rams. Spruce, Sprouse or Spruce, whatever his name is, now leads the XFL in receiving with 192 yards. The 27-year-old caught two touchdowns in week two with the former Rams teammate Todd Gurley in attendance, and Gurley revealed in a TV interview that Sprouse actually taught him how to catch out the out of the backfield. Hey, that's something right there. Sprouse led, led the San Diego Fleet in receiving last year before the, the AAF folded and the American Arena Football, whatever it's called, folded, and he had an illustrious career at the Colorado, in Colorado before going undrafted in 2016. He had a chance to make the Rams as the rookie, as a rookie, but he suffered a knee injury while making a game-winning play in the preseason. So, yeah, it, it's kind of rough. Another quarterback, P.J. Walker, quarterback for the Roughnecks, referred to the league by former Indianapolis Colts teammate Andrew Luck. Walker has taken the XFL by storm. He boasts a good arm, and electric athleticism, and there's reason to believe that the 24-year-old isn't a finished product. Walker built, been billed as the Patrick Mahomes of the XFL in a part because of a filthy sidearm touchdown pass he made against the Battlehawks. However, the way he scrambles when the pocket breaks down is more reminiscent of reminiscent of Russell Wilson. So this boy has quick speed at quarterback at the quarterback position, has great talent at throwing the ball. He has a big arm, just like Cordell, just like Cordell does. Cordell Jones does. This XFL league is showing you all these players that that are still good and still talented. These XFL players are still trying to make the NFL make the big bucks. They don't make the big bucks in the XFL right now, though. But they're out there trying to strive and trying to make something of themselves. So. We got to really see how this all plays out, though. But I still don't think the XFL is going to stay around for too much longer, though. I really don't because of all the hits, though. But they're calm, they seem to be calming down on a lot of hits 
that they've been taking. I mean, some of the quarterbacks have been taking and a lot of the hits that they're putting on other players in the XFL, though. So they're trying to make it a little bit safer than what happened in week one. It looked like there was a, like maybe two or three concussions that were happening in week one. I don't know. I didn't see a lot of the games in week one, though, but I've seen enough games to know that there was a lot of concussions that possibly happened on the field in week one. And week two, I didn't see a lot of the games in week two, though, but to say I didn't see that many players go down in week two. But it is what it is. All right, everybody, we're going to jump over to a little bit of WNBA. Let's see what's going on in WNBA this year. As well as everybody knows that, you know, you know, the WNBA is still out there. The WNBA is still talented. And um, for right now, what I see as the big thing right now is Emma Messerman, one-year contract puts the Mystics in a dilemma. The Washington Mystics Ford made it clear that she wants to make one more run at a championship, but her one-year contract also shows that she's not necessarily an invested in she's not necessarily as invested in the WNBA as they would like. And on Monday, we learned that the Washington Mystics that they re-signed Emma Messman. This is good news. Messman even made it clear that on her own Twitter account, which is still lacking a blue check mark. Yeah, it's lacking. One year, 215K for Emma Messman, I can't report. Story TK. Hey, it, it, it's a lot of things that we liked about her last year. She came in big timing for the uh, for the uh, Mystics last year in the finals. She came up big on a lot of plays. She was out there. She won MVP last year for the Mystics in the finals. In the WNBA finals last year, she was scoring points like crazy, getting rebounds, doing a lot of different things. Um... This is something that we would like to see. Uh, hopefully, she gets paid uh, or comes back next year and gets paid a little bit more money next year. I know the WNBA right now is trying to work on getting players big contracts, the million-dollar contracts. I know the WNBA is working on getting, you know, she's on a veteran max salary right now, though, but... I understand that they're trying to work on contracts, negotiations. They're trying to still work on getting them, you know, more money to play in WNBA. I know that they're trying to get the crowd and the fan base ramped up for the WNBA season. So let's really see how they go about, you know, let's really see what's going, what's a good look for them right now for the WNBA. Um, We're going to go here and see what's going on. As we all know, the champs are coming back next year. And they're looking to reclaim their title next year. Um, and as everybody's seen, Asia Wilson, Chelsea Gray, and Diamond D. Shields, and Chani, I cannot pronounce her name, Agua, Agua Mike. I, can, I can't really pronounce her name correctly, though, but everybody, but I'm sorry to say that, though, but... They all participated in the 2020 NBA All-Star Celebrity Game this year. Shout-outs to them. They were running up and down the court a lot, though, but, hey, it is what it is. Tamika Ketchens is named the finalist for the NASA Myth Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. Shout-outs to Tamika Ketchens. She was a very good WNBA player while she was playing in the league. This this. Is the Nats, uh, Nazimuth, I can't pronounce that word, I'm sorry everybody, Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame announced today at the NBA All-Star Weekend, four extraordinary players and four exceptional coaches as finalists from the North American and the Women's commit, um, Committees to be considered for an election in 2020. This year's list includes four, four first-time finalists, 18-time NBA All-Star, and five-time I mean, five-time NBA champion Kobe Bryant, 15-time NBA All-Star, and three-time NBA finalist MVP Tim Duncan, 15-time NBA All-Star, and nine-time NBA All-Defensive First Team selection Kevin Garnett, and Kevin Garnett, 
and 10-time WNBA All-Star and four-time Olympic gold medalist Tamika Catchings. All are going in the NBA Hall of Fame this year for 2020. So big shout-outs to all of them. Previous finalists included again this year for consideration are three-time NCAA National Championship coach of Better Kim Moking, five-time Division II National Coach of the Year Barbara Stevens, four-time National Coach of the Year Eddie Sultan, Sutton, and two-time NBA champion Coach Rudy Tom Rudy Tom Jehovich. Yeah, Janovich. All good coaches, all good players. I mean, all good coaches and all good players are going in the in the twenty twenty NBA. I mean, um, twenty twenty Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame this year. So, big shout outs to them and big shout outs to Mika Catchings. Like I said, everybody, y'all just heard some of her her enlightenment this year. So. That's pretty much what I have for you guys this show period. I thank y'all for listening in on this show. I really thank y'all for supporting this show this year. And we are on season two. We are on season two this year, everybody. We are on season two. Thank y'all for season two big break opening for 15 listeners for the first show. This show might not get a lot of listeners, though, but it is what it is, though. We're going to keep pushing forward for it. And please, everybody, hit that support button. Support what you can. Support what you can't. If you can do it, support the show. Leave voice comments out there so your name and your voice can be live on this show. Um, please support, support, support this show. Everybody, we are, we can only grow and get better on the show. We can only grow and get wiser on the show. We can only make things happen as much as the people want us to make it happen. I do thank everybody for coming out. I mean, showing up to the show and watching the show, listening to the show throughout the years that we've been running on the show. We've been running this show for four years now, everybody. Four years now. Four lovely years Man, it's been a while. For season two on Anchor, season probably nine, nine seasons of the show. I got more NBA highlights coming in, y'all, for y'all the next show, period. Let's get the NBA season rolling. We're out of All-Star Weekend. This is now time for the NBA season to rock out, the XFL season to rock out this year, too, as well. The WNBA season is going to start rolling in. MLB is coming up this year, everybody. So we got a big things. Big things are popping off this year. The and, and the, uh, the hockey season is about to come down to a closing uh, in probably January. Or, or it's really about to start kicking off this year. They got their um, All-Star Weekend coming up. There's a lot of things. In, like I said, the spring training is about to come up in April or in April, it is or March or however it comes about. March season is about to come. March Madness is coming up, so it's about to be a lot of sports events coming up in the coming weeks. So we got a lot of things to go over in season two for the NCAA, the women's NCAA. Uh, we got a lot of things coming up, man. It's about to be a breakout year for a lot of people. The final, uh, the the sweet. 16 is coming up. The Final Four is coming up. It's about to be the battle of this tournament coming up. The NCAA tournament this year and for the women's this year. I'm waiting to see who's going to come out this year and go be in this in this championship run they're going to have this year but on both sides of the playing field. I'm really excited to see the baseball season coming about this year. I'm really excited to see the Nationals about to come about how the Wizards can possibly turn this season around next year, come about. It's it's about to be an explosive year. And if your money is betting on the on the Lakers this year, I think y'all might have a good run for the Lakers this year because they're going to do it for Kobe Bryant this year. They're going to try to win a championship for Kobe this year. And LeBron James, shout out to you, man. Hopefully you got a plan for this team this year going forward at the All-Star break. This is y'all chance to go out there and do something. This is everybody's chance to go out there and compete. 
at the last final minutes of the season this year. Let's go compete. Let's go stay strong. And the message for the day will be, if you don't try something, you will fail at everything in life. You got to try to do something. Otherwise, you're going to fail at everything in life. Thank y'all for listening to the show. And as the show goes on, baby, I'm Mark, a.k.a. The Vet. This has been The Realest Sports Show, everybody. Let's cast, let's shut it out. I'll see y'all next Wednesday, everybody. Next Wednesday at 9 a.m. in the morning. 9 a.m. in the morning. Next show will be aired, everybody. 9 a.m. next Wednesday. Y'all can listen to the show next Wednesday, 9 a.m. in the morning, everybody. 9 a.m. the next show will be held. Episode 3 will be held 9 a.m. in the morning, everybody. 9 a.m. in the morning. I'll see y'all later. Peace, everybody. (laughs) 